you earn a living, you probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life. But do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion dollar valuation of Balogu and Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba market. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPOs. Let's talk about Broad Street. The Nigerian Stock Exchange recorded an all-time high of and Balogun Street. Uh, the maximum I was spent on fuel control hmm. was 4000 Logo and Broad, Wednesdays at 5. This is Madame Langman. This is is Hard Facts. What should the sustainable petrol supply regime look like? What should a sustainable petrol supply regime look like it's one minute past five i'm sandra ezekwesili and this is hard facts i'm sandra ezekwesili i've said that before well we are here on nigeria info 99.3 you know petrol supply is in the news a lot and it's in the news again because uh uh, well, the NMPC says that it now costs them 120 billion naira a month to keep petrol at the current pump price. That's our big hard fact for today. Nigerians are on the edge of their seats waiting to know if the pump price will go up um, next month. We heard from Melek Yari, he's NMPC's uh, group managing director. And he's saying that NMPC cannot sustain this for much longer, 120 billion a month for much longer. So clearly, we should expect the pound price to go up sometime soon. Kiari talked about the end of April, so they have time to um, come, up with an, come up with an agreement with the labor unions. Now, I have a guest who's joining me to have this conversation. He's an analyst uh, with uh, Narometrics, William Ukwe. Thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, good evening, Sandra. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you very clearly. Good evening. Yeah. Lagos, uh, you can also join the conversation, right? Tell me what you think about NMPC saying that they're losing 120 billion naira a month to keep the price of fuel down. Do you think subsidy, by whatever name they call it, is um, sustainable? Actually, it's not sustainable. And um, our Minister of Finance, Zainab Ahmed, she actually announced during the start of this year that it's not sustainable and there's, there's no provision for subsidy in the budget. Now, like what Kerry says, that NMPC buys the fuel at 234 naira per liter and they sell it at 162 naira per liter. So that difference is at ranging about 120 billion naira. If you multiply it by a year, that's close to 1.4 trillion naira. Right. It is not sustainable, especially if you look at Nigeria's budgetary constraints when you look at debt to um, debt service to budget ratio, how much they are paying for this, how much they are paying for that, and all that. So it's just not sustainable. And NMTC has actually been, if you look at Mela Kiari and Temi Presilva, mm. they've actually been consistent since last year talking about uh, subsidies. Because I think if you look at the price of oil too, as of today it's $63. Start of the year it was about $51 per barrel. So their own costs are increasing because the price is increasing, so it's not just sustainable in the long run for them. Now, can you help us clarify something? What's the difference between fuel subsidy and under-recovery? What's the difference? Okay, um, I think, I don't know if you can remember, three years ago, Kemi Adeoshun, she actually spoke about the difference, but mm. a lot of Nigerians were angry because they felt like they were getting bamboozled. Mm. Now, 
Under recovery, because she mentioned this three years ago, she said under recovery is a loss on importation of petrol taken on by the NNPC itself. So basically, she says there's no subsidy program in the sense that, oh, we are giving money to companies to, uh, what's the word here, uh, uh, imports uh, for import subsidies of fuel. Mm-hmm. Now, NNPC is just going to take it on yourself. So that's, that's, uh, that's what under recovery means. Mm. Oh, I see. Now, NNPC admitted that um, it was absorbing the price differential between landing cost and pump price, roughly $120 billion last month. Um, Can you explain why this has been happening in spite of the NNPC's previous insistence that pump price will now reflect market forces? I think it's uh, related to what you said earlier, the, uh, the, um, the meetings with the labor unions, because it's not something they can just switch off or switch on rather. Hmm. I don't know if you understand. So okay. they ha- we have to have the meetings and all that. And you have to uh, put in place or have a reminder of other constraints like food inflation and other inflation mm-hmm. and other inflations and all that. Mm-hmm. So it was affecting everything and obviously the food oil price has also increased so far. So they've just taken on the, the under recovery of it all. But like Melakari said, no more. They can't sustain it. So mm. And we just wait to see. All right. How likely do you think? Um, how, how how likely is it that before May, NMPC and the labor unions will have come to an agreement about um, the price regime for petrol? Honestly, seeing the I don't know if you you you're on Twitter. You saw the reactions the day when everyone thought uh, when PPRA put on their website mm. and PPRA quickly took out that uh, price that guidance part. from their yeah. so honestly I don't know <laughs> this may continue because NMPC is not ready for the heat mm. nobody is ready for the heat right now mm. so let's just wait and see but it's a possibility but, <laughs> but you don't know you know some people say that uh, both subsidy and under recovery are meant to achieve the same thing paying for a reduction in pump price right and they just approach it from different sides of the ledger so you've got subsidy uh, involving a payment from NMPC to fuel importers to make up for the difference between landing cost and pump price and then you have uh, NMPC as the sole importer I have to ask you why NMPC is still the sole importer of petrol right now why? They are the only ones that can afford it for now literally what do you mean? I mean uh, the subsidy regime was expensive so that's why under recovery is kind of cheaper for like Nigeria in the long run in the sense that they just get the product at the pump price uh, the pump price of 234 naira and sell at 162 naira because we had remember close to 10 years ago we had the whole protest over this and we had the uh, panels and it was a mess it was a complete mess so for now they are the sole importers because they can afford it or they can take like they can soak in all the pressure from it. So they absorb That's, the loss. Yeah, so they can uh, they absorb the loss. They are the only ones that can afford it. And from what Mele Kerry is saying, mm. no more. NMPC, last week he pretty much said, I think, quote unquote, NMPC can no longer, is no longer in the position to carry out this burden because we cannot continue it on our books. Right. So that's, that's what do you think about those who talk about forex as well? Because the CBN is trying to keep Naira's value from dropping, so they're restrict, restricting access to forex as well. So they removed petrol importers from the list of businesses allowed to buy forex from the CBN. Yeah, well, lately, um, I don't know if you can remember, mm. that's, that's also a good uh, 
that's also good assumption. Actually, it's not an assumption. It's actually true. Okay. But if you can remember, Dangote said like three weeks ago or something that owners of foil um, refineries should be allowed to import foil. I don't know if you can Right, remember I remember that. that. Mm-hmm. So it's also that. It's also that. Basically, what we are seeing with foil is a bigger problem with how the Nigerian economy is being governed because everything is down to policy competent policy and how to um, what's the word here and how to execute so you cannot just do X here and don't do X there everything is connected in the end in mm. the long run I have to ask you I have to ask you how this thing this situation where they are the sole importer how does it affect or how is it affecting uh, distribution because we've seen issues in the past where both um, depot owners and petrol marketers have complained about late supply from NNPC Exactly. Like we've seen it so far. Obviously, it's going to affect distribution because they are the main player. And you know what they say about Nigerian government being the main player in the game because we are just not efficient with it. So obviously, there will be some value. It's it's expected to be fair when when the Nigerian government is the sole player in the downstream sector for this kind of thing. So they will have hiccups here and there. To be fair, it's expected. So unless there's a full deregulation so Mm. far. Lagos, let's talk, shall we? Uh, what do you think about NMPC saying that uh, they're losing 120 billion a month to keep the fall price down? Do you think subsidy, by whatever name it's called, is sustainable? What do you think uh, should be done going forward to provide a sustainable petrol supply? 01465-7190. That's our number for female callers. 01465-7190. For men, 070 Zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three oh seven hundred nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. Odinaka is on the line. Odinaka, good to have you on the show. Welcome. Okay. You're live on the show now. You're talking to Sandra. Go ahead. Okay. Please uh, help me to ask the man what is the landing cost of bringing one barrel of one barrel of petrol into Nigeria, and what is the cost of producing one. Bo- Barrel of cost of petrol uh, because the reason for always subsidizing the price is always landing cost is increasing, landing cost is increasing, landing cost is increasing. What exactly is the landing cost mm-hmm. for bringing in petrol into, into the nation? Thank you. All right, thank you very much, William. Do you know the landing cost? Uh, not really, but I can go with the market prices estimate that Kerry says, which is per liter, not per barrel. I don't know, yes, yeah, per liter. He mentioned, yes. Okay, uh, barrel. They said I think it's two. They said between two hundred and eleven to two hundred and thirty-four naira mm-hmm. per liter. Landing cost, sell, yeah. Yeah, and they sell market price hundred and sixty-two naira. So that's like I said, the difference is about one twenty billion a month. Mm. Ninety-nine point three. Yeah, Sandra. Thanks for calling. Good evening. Good evening. Thank God you picked my call again. Now I'm connected back to you. Who's this? Okay. So, uh, concerning what, what's your the name? What's your name? Osama Emmanuel. Osama, welcome. All right, yeah. welcome. Sure, let me ask our guest that is with you today. Please, the remaining products, you know, we have many content inside crude oil. Mm-hmm. Where are the remaining ones now? Who is in charge of it? What, what are they, you know, you don't understand. Where, who are they? Did they sell it off the black market in the offshore? I don't understand. If you are shut now, they, they can't feed the weight. They can't. They can't subsidize the fuel anymore. Mm. So the, the the load will not come to we Nigeria that don't have road. 
wouldn't have school, we provide, we provide uh, uh, life for ourselves, mm. we provide security for ourselves. Come on, small for a subsidy that they are, we are still buying expensive, they want to remove their hand. What of the many content inside the fuel, like inside the crude oil? We are just only fuel. What of the many content? Okay. Who is the price that's going to? As in, where, where are, they, are they selling this off the black market? That's what I want to ask. Thank you very much for calling. William? Yeah, I think I, I believe he's asking like diesel and other... Yes, the, the, re- the rest of the things coming from the crude oil, the rest of the derivatives. Yeah, I believe NMPC is also in charge of some of the things that are under the... Um, the old subsidy list because I believe diesel should not be part of it. For diesel is not subsidized and uh, kerosene yeah. is not subsidized. Exactly. So, mm. but I believe they also bring it in and they sell it market rate. If I'm not mistaken. So, but obviously it's, um, it's also related to our gas plan now. Uh, that's a national gas plan because they found out that they say gas is cheaper than also gas is cheaper than petroleum. So that's why we have the whole gas plan to convert engines to. Um, what was it called? Gas engines so that it would be cheaper for Nigerians instead of using petrol. So that's what that's what you should do. Do you think private importers should be allowed to access forests uh, forex to bring in petrol? Yes, sure, 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 sure. I mean, okay, I'm speaking from my own bias here because I'm a free market capitalist. Okay. If you have the money to do it, mm. do it. Really, it does do it. If you have the money to do it, do it. It takes off a lot of um, pressure from NNPC's hand, really. Mm. So do it. But well, how uh, about CBN's worry about the Naira's value dropping? Yeah, that's where I was going. That's where I was going. Okay. Remember when I said that everything is related? You cannot do X here and not do and um, leave X because everything is um, related. Okay. Now, Nigerians are complaining. Yes, do, do, do Nigerians have to pay market prices for fuel? Yes. And Nigerian salary is increasing. No. Now, what do you do in this kind of situation? You have to obviously open the economy. You have to liberalize. You have to centralize. You have to restructure the economy. You basically have to go like hyper, like times two of what Obasin just did with his reforms at the agenda that built a building, a growing middle class during the whole African rising period. Mm. So it's not just about, okay, we're going to deregulate and Nigerians will pay market price. Mm. Nigerians cannot afford market price. Mm. So the, the best thing you do in this um, situation is you implement policies that improve GDP per capita. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing, with like compounded growth, everything adds up along the years. So that's what they should do. Uh, uh, tell me what you mean by um, restructure the economy. What do you mean by that? Literally the listing of the exclusive list, really. Just that. Okay. Take off a lot of things from government hands because Nigerians the government has too many costs and because of that we don't see where you expect the government to like put their eyes on competent governance that's mm-hmm. like healthcare and for example with the resident doctor strike mm-hmm. it should not be happening in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. so what the Nigerian government needs to focus on competent governance because their cost is too, too much it's too high they need to cut their costs they need to like decentralize like the cost of governance to the states and the region that's in restructure, take off the exclusive list. For example, mineral resources mm. are on, are on, on the exclusive list. You take it out, let states, uh, what's the word here, let states maximize like their own potential, then the, the, the companies there will pay taxes to the state, pay taxes to the local government, pay taxes to the federal government, and all that. It takes a lot of pressure off the government's hands. 
that's where it is. Okay, Lagos, we're still taking your thoughts on this subject. What do you think about NMPC saying that they're losing 120 billion a month to keep the fail price down? You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I'm Sandra Ezekwasili. William Wei is a. Uh, uh, an analyst with uh, Narometrics. Narometrics, of course, an online publication looking at Nigeria's economy, Nigeria's policy, etc., etc. And he's joined us on the show today to talk about um, this matter with us. Ben in Unilag, let's talk to you. Hello. Hello. Good evening, ma'am. Good evening. Yeah, um, I was speaking to a friend who is directly involved in this oil business around Apapa. Uh-huh. And he was saying that then the landing cost is the 186 naira. But the government, uh, I don't know how he said it, like the, it was me saying it in such a way that the landing cost is lower um, is, is lower than the price. So they're actually incurring losses. And the only way they make gain is to, is to cause a bit of a, 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 a panic. Okay. So they create a bit of a panic in the system and everybody starts rushing to buy. And from there, they will increase the price and then they make their money. But uh, I couldn't ask him properly about the, the deficit. Is the government paying the deficit to you or they are not paying the deficit? So I will know whether the government is even paying subsidy or not because up to now, we still shrouded in the secrecy on certain on Saturday, whether they are paying subsidy or not. Hmm. So well, well, the, well, they have been paying, um, but, but... they have not officially put it out there. But, they, they, but, but they don't want to pay any more. Well, I mean, if you are absorbing the cost of a thing and you are providing it at a loss to the citizens, you're you're covering the rest of, of, of that cost, right? So you're subsidizing it. Whatever name you decide to call it, that's what it is. Ben, thank you very much for calling. William, people, Nigerians are not very taken with this um, deregulation of pump price idea. It's not very popular with Nigerians. I remember that before NSAR, Occupy Niger was the biggest um, uh, uh, protest that Nigeria had seen in a, in a while, right? Because Nigerians did not want um, uh, deregulation of, of palm price. But yeah. government says that subsidizing prices is not sustainable. So what do you see happening? What do you see as a long-term solution? Long-term, um, okay, now let's start with September last year. They had already started talking about deregulation. Right. With, that's with refineries, not even with fuel. Because right. uh, Melakari said something around like they want to um, get an LNNG like type structure with the four refineries. Right. And right. government wants to play a minority uh, stake. And they said once they rehabilitate, Nigeria becomes a major exporter of fuel and all that. It's going to happen. The body language of Melakari and Timipre Silva is pointing towards um, deregulation. Right. It is going to happen. Now, like I said earlier, Nigerians cannot afford it because their salaries are not rising. So mm-hmm. it's something that needs, uh, what's the word here? It needs interagency cooperation, collaboration. Are we going to increase? Are we, would market prices be expensive for Nigerians? Yes. What do we have to do to make Nigerians earn more and not feel it too much? That is what they have to do. Yeah, but uh, between now and the time when they are going to um, allow market prices um, take sway, Nigerians are not going to start earning more. So what do you see happening? Honestly, now this depends on the, um, the uh, what's it called? 
the meetings they've been having with organized labor, labor right. fair, it has been going, it has been kind of slow, really. Right. The process has been a bit slow. So it's just for us, wait and see what's going to happen because at this point, I can't tell when it's going to happen, when the D-Day will come or it will come. Where did you stand in 2012? Uh, 2012, I was, um, I was pro-subsidies then until they had the whole... Um, the town hall meetings with Sanusi and Okonjo Ewele and they explained it and I was like okay fine we need to do subsidies because they actually did explain why earlier Okay, all right. Yeah. I wonder where people who are calling me now were in 2012 and where they are today. Lagos, I'm still taking your calls. What do you think about NNPC? NNPC is saying that they're losing 120 billion a month to keep the, the price of fuel down. Do you think subsidy, by whatever name it's called, is sustainable? And what do you think should be done going forward to provide a sustainable petrol supply? Dan P is on the line. Hello, Dan P. Welcome. Yes, good evening. Good evening, Dampi. Welcome. Go ahead. Yes, let me tell you the truth. These people, they are telling us lies. Okay. Let me tell you, because um, right from time, you know the government have been subsidizing it for us. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do for us as a government? We are not gaining anything from you. No road, no good road, everywhere, insecurity, no jobs. People are living, losing jobs, and you are trying to make life hard and difficult, difficult for, for, for your citizens. Hmm. Whereby in other countries, uh, uh, this COVID-19 time, they are supporting their citizens so that they will not feel it. And you are trying, saying you want to increase, you want to uh, uh, stop uh, so, subsidizing it. Let me to ask this man. Why is it that the government, you said the, the laws are heavy for government. If the laws are heavy for the government, why did they not give other people license to, to import, to import the fuel? You are saying the law is heavy for the government. If it's heavy for the government, why you restricting the, the licenses for people to import fuel and do things that we give uh, other investors, uh, make investors who come to Nigeria to invest and make people get employed? You are saying that the law is heavy for the government. The government, they are not doing anything. They are telling us lies. That is it. All right. Dan P., thank you very much for calling. 99.3, hello. 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 All right. Sorry about that. Let's are you talking to me? No, 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 no. I, was, okay. I took another call. Let's go to WhatsApp where we have uh, some comments. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. Sandra, like the words of Zebudaya about NMPC losing money. Fa, 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 fao. <laughs> Thank you for your message. Sandra, for price de deregulation, this endless conversation is brought about by a glaring lack of proactiveness by successive governments. Refineries not working, new ones not built, save the ongoing dangotes. Pure confusion. Government taking the least line of resistance. Hmm. Do you think that that's what's happening here? I'll come to William with that question after I take a call. Hello, thank you for calling. Sorry about that. Call back if you can. 99.3. Oh, no. Sorry about that. Hello. Hello. Oh, no. Hello. Hello. Thank you for calling. What's your name? Hello, my name is Tommy. Your name is? Chummy. Chummy. Hi, Chummy. Welcome. You're live on the show. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Sandra. Yes. 
please let them give uh, give our brothers license to import like the other color fit. Okay. Eh? Four will become 100, 100 naira, 50, 50 naira. Okay. Let them just try it. Our brother, our evil boys will just get it done now. Uh-uh, why are they jealous? <laughs> they should just release, <laughs> release the license. <laughs> you understand? They should just, in fact, I, I keep saying this government should stop doing anything. Oh. Let them just pay salary. No more contracts. Because they are just um, ripping Nigeria off with these Chinese people. No more. They should just pay salaries and go. Give licenses. Let these guys bring in more um, 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 this fuel, please. Mm. They can do it. Yes, let them try the private sector. And the other things, they are giving private sector. Mm. Or you have fuel, fuel importation to private sector. Mm. Good evening, dear. Chummy, thank you very much for calling. All right, do we have time to take a call? I think we can take one final call and then take a break. Hello. Hello. Thank you for calling. What's your name? My name is Femi. I Femi, turn your radio off. Then go ahead. All right, go ahead. The questions we need to ask the government is why is the refinery not Why is it not Why did they find it going to be forced to ensure the refineries are working? Have they forgotten that even the 20,000 refineries have minimum weight? Is that all the things that are paid? So if all the things are not paid, if all the things that are paid, what can 20,000 do? What do they find going to be cost to allow public health to report this? Simply because they know what they have done, they won't get the answer. They are just doing this here. So you know the same government that was condemning this thing when they are here. Why have they found very difficult to do this magic? Those are the questions we need to ask. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much for calling. We've got messages here. Why are they destroying the locally made refineries in the name of bad petrol that will destroy cars and what have you? I'm surprised that Nigerians are not asking the government why they're not paying salaries with market price or international prices, but they're selling in petrol. They're selling the petrol in international price. Edward in Victoria Island with that comment on WhatsApp. We've got more messages coming in via WhatsApp. Henry Emanuel says, I'm very surprised that states and local governments have been silent despite the fact that under recovery paid by NMPC reduces the amount that goes to the FAC monthly. And these states are in terrible fiscal conditions. All right, Lagos, you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. What should a sustainable petrol supply regime look like? That's the conversation we're having. William Mukwe is from Naira metrics and he's sharing insights with us let's take a break we'll be right back we're back we're back we're back we're back we are back we're back on 99.3 nigeria welcome back to hard facts it's 5 36 i'm sandra ezekwesili and today we're asking what should a sustainable petrol supply regime look like? Now, having this conversation with us is an analyst from Naira Metrics. His name is uh, William Mukwe, and he's been sharing some insights with us uh, on the subject. We've talked about uh, what the difference between a subsidy and under-recovery is. We've talked about the NMPC admitting that uh, it was absorbing the price differential between landing cost and pump price. We talked about why NMPC 
DRC is still the sole importer of petrol right now. We've talked about how this situation is affecting distribution. We've also talked about how sustainable this is long term. And Lagos, you have also joined the conversation by calling and texting and tweeting. Now, let's move on a bit. Let's move the conversation forward a bit. Deregulation of pump price, um, like we mentioned before the break, isn't very popular amongst Nigerians. In fact, there's an ongoing debate about the turnaround maintenance of the Port Harcourt refinery. William, what are the prospects of that project? Is it realistic to expect the four NMPC refineries to address local demand in the foreseeable future? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead. It's very realistic. The problem with NMPC and with Nigeria is that there's a difference between uh, possibility and uh, what's the word, their capacity to achieve the reality. I don't know if that makes sense. Okay. Now, uh, last year, Kerry said that they have a plan for all the four refineries, not turnaround maintenance, complete rehabilitation of the refineries and passing off control of the refinery to a private uh, uh, private market partner mm-hmm. and all, apart from that uh, he also mentioned about exporting petroleum products mm-hmm. that's refined petroleum products that means if their plan all comes together they will not only service the Nigerian market they will mm-hmm. service the African market as we have the African Continental Free Trade Agreement Agreement, right? Um, going on so far so yeah it's possible that's why they talked about the 1.5 billion and why it was so expensive because um, according to um, Minister of uh, what's his name Minister of Petroleum Minister of State for Petroleum mm-hmm. Craig Silva he mm-hmm. said that the plan is to like build uh, rehabilitate it optimally and pass it on or concession it to a private uh, uh, private company to handle because obviously you're not going to give them crap to, or something that's not well done to handle so that's what that's the whole point of the whole rehabilitation hmm. but let's, let, well, let's wait and see obviously there have been a lot of backlash to it because 1.5 billion is a lot there, there are many other things you could do with that now now i have heard some critics say that all past turnaround maintenance has failed and that these refineries are now so old that this is essentially a white elephant what do you think what do you say to that um, Malakari said this is not turnaround maintenance. He said this is full rehabilitation. I don't know if that makes sense because he said it's different. Now, turnaround maintenance is like maybe, maybe uh, how would I put it now? It's just to maintain a few things here. They, he said every part of, of the refinery is going to get rehabilitated one by one. And he also mentioned something. He said that the process of the whole rehabilitation started 10 years ago, but there have been quite a number of mistakes that have happened. Um, with the whole process so that's why maybe when they got the announcer when they got the deal of the agreement of the deals that after the rehabilitation um, the whole operations of the refinery goes to the hands of a private sector player Hmm. Yeah. A, a lot of Nigerians say that government should continue subsidizing petrol until they've built enough refineries to handle domestic demand. And I want us to break that position down. First of all, for how long can government sustain the subsidy? Second of all, and I hope you can remember all the questions. I'll remind you if you don't. Can government build enough refining capacity in that period to meet demand? And third, should should government be in the business of building refineries in the first place? Okay, let's start with the last one. Uh, government should not 
basically, we've, we all know Nigeria. We've seen, we've seen what happens when Nigeria deregulates. We've seen it with telecoms. We've seen it with banking. We've seen it with pension. Uh, long term, long term solution. Government has no business operating markets. We have all seen now. It's not. It's not like we are working with the Chinese government here. We're working with the Nigerian government. They have no business operating businesses. We've seen it. So, long term, I would say what they should do. They should. They should kind of play a regulatory role, actually with modular refineries, to handle like the differences here, because. Turner, once they do the turnaround maintenance, they're not going to operate it, and that's good. That's if they're even, that's if they're even successful with the, no, sorry, not turnaround maintenance. Once they do the complete rehabilitation of the four refineries, they're not going to handle it. That's if they're even successful with that. But they can, we can also look at modular refineries where they can also help in the sense that they can form a, we can form like some PPP stuff or some, they could play a smaller, what's the word here? A uh, minority shareholder roles, and they could tell like, oh, big other investors are okay. If you bring certain capital um, requirements, we're going to we're going to back you up to this level. You run your modular refineries because, to be fair, refining is a very very low margin business. It's not something that is a lot of money with margin. So it's something that needs serious, strong state capacity or capacity really. And we don't have that, so they shouldn't be there. What was the other question again? And then, for how long can they sustain this thing? For how long um, can they sustain, sustain the under The under-recovery? Yes. Honestly, from what Kiari said last week, pretty much they are done. But I don't know. It depends, like I said, depends on their meetings with organized labor. So for now, we see. But for them to come out to say, oh we cannot continue to keep this um, difference in our books. Mm. It is hurting them because for them to say it, it means it's hurting them. So if you're saying they're done, it means that um, they then have to build enough refining capacity like yesterday to meet demand, which means... They have uh, to do that, but for now, me and I know what they'll do. They are going to start getting the whole imports and selling the market prices around maybe 211 to 238 naira. So that's what they will do for now. But but subsidy makes petrol or under recovery, whatever you want to call it, it makes petrol cheaper, meaning it's harder for a private refinery selling its own petrol to compete. So doesn't that mean that investors will be unlikely to invest in refining as long as Nigeria has a, whatever you call it, subsidy? Obviously, because if you can remember, part of the um, entire Jonathan for subsidy was part of the process of uh, fraud deregulations then. Now, Dangote has already said that he's going to sell his fraud at market prices, meaning that, to be fair, this whole process of taking off, of stopping on the recovery of subsidies, rather, is going to make it attractive for the Nigerian market. Problem is, the Nigerian market cannot just afford it at market prices for now. And yeah, that's why we have to see and all they have to, it's not just about, okay, selling for our market prices. It's about other economic reforms to improve GDP per capita, to improve earnings, to improve jobs and all that. That's what I said earlier. Hmm. Lagos, let's talk, shall we? 0700-993-993-993. That's for men. For women, 01465-7190. 01465-7190. What do you think about NMPC saying that they're losing $120 billion? a month to keep the fall price down. Do you think subsidy, by whatever name it's called, is sustainable? And what do you think should be done going 
forward to provide a sustainable uh, petrol supply. 99.3, hello. Hello, good evening. Good evening, what's your name? I'm Blessing. Blessing, welcome. Turn your radio off, then go ahead. Oh no, Blessing, sorry about that. Let's talk to Ben. Ben is in Surulere. Hello, Ben. Yeah, Sandra, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, I'm calling from Suleri. Um, I just wanted to ask, the crude oil we are talking about, right. the crude oil does it not belong to Nigeria? It does. So how what happens to the crude oil from here? We're not, we're, we're, not, we're not refining it here. We send it okay. out to refine and then we import it. Okay, so when we send out for refining, mm. what's the process? Do we pay for... We pay for refining and buy it back. And now that's the entire idea for importing it. You you now you now buy the processed crude, and the processed crude comes in as petrol. It comes as diesel. It comes as kerosene. You pay for that. Sandra, our our, our government just don't want to help Nigeria at all, and I believe that um, the price they are trying to increase the price of fuel so that by the time Bangote refinery kicks on. Uh, the price will remain at that or probably will increase. That's why I say. All right. Thank you very much, Ben, for calling. We appreciate it. Ben says they're doing this for Dangote. I don't, I don't think they're doing it for Dangote, to be honest with you. If you're looking at just the data in front of you, data doesn't suggest they're doing it for Dangote. Data suggests that they've run out of money. They can't afford to do it anymore. They can't afford to keep uh, fuel uh, cheap anymore. And so they're like, you know what? Let the market forces... Um, uh, take over. Let's talk to uh, Abbas. All right, Abbas, good to have you on the show. Yes. The, the question, the question that was asked, that the other fat, other fractions from the crude oil. Mm. What do they do with it? Demanding answer. Mr. Williams let me answer it properly. What okay. do they do with that? Don't we have any money f- gain coming in from there? That's oh. the question. Okay, all right. William, the other derivatives. No, I thought we answered that now that there's no subsidy on diesel and the other one. So, because we sell crude, we don't manufacture it. Mm-hmm. We sell the crude. So, what the, what the, we don't manufacture it here. We don't refine it here. Mm. So, what we do is literally just sell crude, really. Then we get the, we, I think we get the differences in imported um, refined products, mm-hmm. really. So, so, we, don't so refine, we don't refine kerosene and diesel mm-hmm. and others here in Nigeria. We don't. However, they started an auto gas policy, which will make Nigeria use um, gas instead of petrol for their cars, which is cheaper. So we want to start maximizing that. So we just wait and see for now. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to uh, more people. Hello. Thank you for calling. Hello, Sandra. Good evening. Good evening. What's your name? My name is Gabriel. I'm calling from this. Gabriel, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, uh, Sandra, is the government is the government are not cheating us? They will take the, the, the crude oil from our country and take it to other countries and go and refine it. The, the, the white men there, the white country, they will have a cheaper rate and they will take other remina and they will import it back to us and they will come and sell for us at a high, at a high price. That means the government is not helping us. They are totally cheating us. That is not fair. It's not fair to government at all. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Um, well, government does... Well, I, I don't know. William, what do you say to that? I do understand. 
He says um, government is cheating us because government takes the crude and takes it out to other countries to go and refine and uh, then imports our uh, fuel and sells it like, expensively to us. So government is cheating us. Oh, well, I won't use it. I won't say <clears throat> I won't say cheating us because they have plans to rehabilitate the refinery so that they won't take the crude out anymore. Right. So we're just... It's just it's something that it's, it's going to be painful because I can understand when Nigerians will say, why are they spending $1.5 billion now when we need all the money we can get? So right. it makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, we've got uh, Piro Inikeja who says, I agree with those who said that um, the government is lying. I suspect a lie to blindfold, this, blindfold the citizenry so that they can scoop money up for 2023. They keep bragging about subsidizing petrol, whereas the people stand to gain nothing from the government. Okay. More messages here. Is your guest speaking for the government? No, he's not. <laughs> William, are you speaking for the government? <laughs> no, I'm just using what NMPC data, really, what NMPC heads of authority and what the Ministry of Petroleum has been saying, really. Not, I'm not speaking for the government. We've got another message here. Forward-looking countries ensure they control critical sectors of their economies. But the reverse is the case in Nigeria. Nigeria is oil and gas, and oil and gas is Nigeria. If it takes local refining or the much-touted modular refining to be self-sufficient, so be it. All right. Thank you very much for your message. You didn't leave your name, though, but you're sending really um, great messages. We've got uh, Bass from Austin, Texas. Uh, he says, Nigerian government should be serious for once and build refineries, build refineries, build refineries, and stop all these landing cost drama and subsidy grammar. Okay. We've got another person here who's saying, why not sell the other products of our daily crude and use the money for field? But yeah, like we William has been saying, we don't even refine those other products here. Am I right, William? Yeah, we don't refine it, no. Because uh, everyone keeps coming back to that, uh, the other products from crude, sell it. But we're not even refining those here. We're refining all of it in the abroad. We've got uh, more people who are sending us messages, but I think I'll take a call and then um, we'll let William go. Hello. 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 Thank you for calling. Good evening. My name is Olalekon. I'm calling from Maryland. Olalekon, you're calling our line for women, so call back, okay? 99.3. Sorry. Hi, um, Sandra. Hi. What's your name? Uh, Hi, I'm Demiji. I'm calling from Lekki. Welcome, Demiji. Go ahead. Yeah, so, um, uh, well, I'm actually surprised that I got through. (laughs) Uh, So, first and foremost, yeah, I just wanted to address, um, so a lot of people don't seem to be understanding um, the, the questions about why don't they just sell the other proceeds from the other refined products, um, right. diesel and kerosene. So um, I'm sure your guest has already done a lot of explanation. But once we produce the crude, once we get started of the ground, what the government does is they sell the raw material, right? So the products that we're getting back, the ones we're buying, you're, you're, what, what we're essentially paying for is the added value. So the foreign countries that have already refined the product, have there's a value add in the sense that there's a process that goes into converting the raw material into your finished product, ergo your kerosene, your diesel, and the other um, products. So what the additional cost is, one, 
value add from refining, which we don't have the capacity in country to do, mm-hmm. uh, not yet. And then secondly, is the cost of shipping it back to Nigerian shores. Mm-hmm. Um, the NMPC is doing a great job in the sense that they are the sole um, importers. That helps keep the uh, market at a level playing field for the um, marketers. If the marketers were to import it, Eventually, market market forces would come to play and level out the playing field. But all the NMPC doing right uh, is doing right now is that they are making that playing field quite level. So, um, for the subsidy one, I'm also quite surprised um, that this this is the same government that said in uh, I think the interview at Chatham House with the now president before he was president said mm. anybody that tells you they're subsidizing anything is being fraudulent, that there's no subsidy going on. Mm. And now they're not calling it subsidy. They're choosing to say, oh, they are trying, they are paying for the difference between the landing cost and the market price. Mm. And it's, it's, it's just quite surprising that they've been subsidizing essentially because that's what they're doing. They've been subsidizing for the past five to six years. And um, I, I just hope that they get it right. I hope that they're able to work out a solution um, if it's rehabilitating all the refineries, if it's getting more modular refineries, the gas um, gas initiatives that the government has been trying to put in place over the past couple of years. I just hope, really, that because it's not going to be just this administration, the next two administrations, for instance, mm. still have a lot of work to do. So I really just hope that we get... I'm quite optimistic for Nigeria, and I hope that we get it right. So you don't think that they should open up the market to um, private um, hands to, to get into the market as well? Because um, if you have just the NMPC as sole importer, that's not sustainable, is it? Um, no, it's not. It's not. Absolutely not. It's not sustainable. Um, so I, I, w- I would suggest that they come up with a plan that addresses all the risks involved and uh, establishes the best cost-benefit option for them. So NMPC can still be the sole importer for now, mm. but then what are the other things that they have to do in place before they open up that market to um, to the private investors or the private individuals? Mm. Because then they will still have to do take on the role of regulation if they open up to private um, private players. So there's there's so there's certain things that have to be in place before they can open up the market to the private um, players. And we all know Nigeria. Um, regulation is something that is not is, is, is not really done very well. Um, once once government gets in the habit, well, the government, like your guest said, well, they, they have no business in being being in business. And I would like to add that they sometimes have no business being in regulation, as you can see with the whole um, SIM card registration and NIN um, issues no, that we're that experiencing right now. Dimeji, yeah, so that, that's my take on let, that. Let's leave it at that. Thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. And uh, William Mukwe, analyst from Naira Metrics, thank you as well for uh, sharing your time with us on Hard Facts today. You're welcome. All right, Lagos, let's give you a chance to win 10,000 naira, shall we? My name is Sandra Ezekwesili. Creditville makes it possible for you to win on the show every single day. So let's uh, ensure that you go home with some cool cash today, shall we? <laughs>